You are listening to the Coggin Avenue Baptist Church Podcast. In the midst of loneliness and dissatisfaction, Coggin wants to help you learn God's truth in a supportive community that pursues a full life in Jesus. If you want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.cogginchurch.org. Amen. Thank you, Matt. What a great preparation for our hearts today. Now let's get to God's Word. If you brought a copy of it with you, I pray you have it every Sunday because this is where the power is found. Uh, Let's turn in it to the book of Ecclesiastes. That's almost right in the middle of your Bible before you get to some of the prophets. But Ecclesiastes chapter 12 is where we'll be. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, the end of this book. We'll be looking at the first seven verses at what I've titled the vanity of life, meaning our physical life. And as I thought about that this week, I was thinking about this health and wellness and fitness craze that has consumed our nation for decades now. It's, it's got to what I might call epic proportions, whether it's from exercise or diet or diet pills and even cosmetics. Many people are so committed to achieving and keeping a particular body type. Like, what does that even mean? Like, what, what are we going after? Many times that what we're chasing is something not given us, to us from God's Word, but we're chasing something that's given to us by the world around us. The social media, the internet, old school, a magazine. Remember when those used to be popular, right? And it's not necessarily the image that God gave us, but the world gave us, and yet we're, we're chasing it because we're chasing youth or youthfulness. I mean, what does that even mean? But that's it. We're, we're chasing it. And sadly, those of us who see age as the enemy and youth as the goal, we're fighting. I, I jump into it, you know, right with you sometimes, many times, more times than I'd like to admit. That's a battle. You're going to lose Every time. Because what it means to be human, it means to decay and to age. Time marches on consistently and it's going to march on whether you like it or not. Time is going to march on. Age is going to come whether you want it to or not. You can't fight it. Oh, but we try, don't we? I think... Our earthly body fading and decaying and our ever-present understanding, maybe even about the particular circumstances of our death, should point us not to depression and an unnatural desire to stay young. It should point us to a time where our bodies won't decay. It, It should give us a yearning to that afterlife where in Christ we will live forever. But sadly... Because our mindset is wrong and misaligned, that aging process makes us sad. That aging process creates a desire for us to to chase youth all the more. And it's futility, Solomon says. It's it's meaninglessness. You're not going to do it. Oh, I pray today's message through the power of God's Spirit from His Word 
would draw you closer to him and not further from him, that you wouldn't be mad at God about the aging process. You'd be thankful that it's a tool for your holiness to remind you of what's to come, not so much what you don't have today. That is what the aging process was always meant to do, to be a clamp that brings you closer to God, not a wedge that pushes you further from God. Daniel said something this week I love. He says, you know, your mortality doesn't have to be a buzzkill to the good life. It can be a tool for your holiness. Oh, that it would be that today. Let's stand together and read Ecclesiastes 12. I'll just go through these seven verses. I'm reading out of the NASB. Solomon, who's also called the preacher here or the narrator, says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are darkened and clouds return after the rain. In the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and the mighty men stoop, the grinding ones stand idle because they are few, and those who look through windows grow dim, and the doors on the street are shut as the sound of the grinding mill is low, and one will arise at the sound of the bird, and all the daughters of song will sing softly. Furthermore, men are afraid of high place, a high place and of terrors on the road. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags himself along, and the caperberry is ineffective. All symbols of getting older. For man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the street. Remember him, meaning God, before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. The pitcher by the well is shattered and the will at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. This is God's word. Please be seated. I hope you don't get so lost in the poetic prose this morning of the author here that you lose what he's really trying to get at, which is this, that it's vanity, it's silliness, if you will, to put undue focus fighting against the aging process or even fighting against death because time marches on. Yet in Christ, you can have everlasting life. That's where we're going today. Let's start with the aging process. Look at the, all for, uh, the first seven verses here. I think what Solomon's trying to show us is that to fight the aging process is pure vanity. But we still do it, don't we? Some of you right now are a little younger or maybe consider yourself young and you're starting to tune me out because you're like, okay, this is, this is a message about old people. <laughs> all right, again, that ain't going to happen to me. I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Yeah, I remember those days too. This first verse is for you. What does he say here? He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. And I think in the days of your youth, you can be relative to everybody who gathered. You realize that getting older is a mindset. Getting older is on a sliding scale. There's usually somebody older than you, and there's usually somebody younger than you. So you're younger compared to the person that's older, and you're older compared to the person that's younger. So everybody can find their place here to hear the most important words in this entire passage of Scripture. Remember not your age. Remember not how your body feels. Remember, he says, your creator. I believe the main point of this passage of Scripture for young and old is to take your eyes off 
the earthly. Take your eyes and your focus off yourself and put it on him. Put it on things that are lasting and eternal. But especially when you're young. Because it's easy to forget that you're not Superman when you're young. When your body's still fit, everything's still nice and firm. You're like, oh, I can do anything. You too are frail. And even while you're young, I think one of the points Solomon is trying to make, praise God for your youthfulness. Don't use it for you. Use it for his glory because one day your youthfulness is going to go away. I was reminded this week that even when you're young, you're frail. Even when you're young, you're still immortal. I was reminded of this when I was 20 years old in college. I literally thought I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Turns out I was about five foot nine and prone to injury. I, I taught, well, I was taught this lesson from God about my own mortality when I was playing college football at Angelo State University. I was, you know, I thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. I'm on the football field. We're in practice. I'm thinking, yeah, I might be shorter than this guy, but I think I can get his spot. And it was at the end of a very ordinary, mundane, common practice where I kind of just stepped forward and bumped shoulders with my buddy that my knee twisted. And I was like, oh. It's fine. Turns out it wasn't fine. I tore my lateral meniscus like that in an accident, and it needed surgery. So I went into surgery, came out of surgery, and in that first week that I was recovering, I was like, yeah, I got this. I'm coming back, coach. Right at that weak point, I started to have these really severe stomach cramps. I'm like, what's that all about? My knee's down here. My stomach's up here. It's going to be okay. Turns out it wasn't okay. My appendix was starting to rupture in my gut. I had to have an emergency appendectomy, and it was so far along in the process, they couldn't do that laparoscopically. They just suck it out with little, basically two little pricks in your body. They had to cut my abdomen all the way through the muscle and get it out right before it ruptured. But even then, I was like, don't worry about it. I got this. Coach, I'm coming back. Right? No, no problem. Just a few more weeks. A week later, listen to me now. I was praying, should I be continuing this football thing? And I'm not sure if it was God, but it may have been, give me a pretty clear answer this time. My wound started to hurt. You know where this is going? It started to feel hot to the touch. And the athletic trainer's like, oh yeah, that's infected. Went back to the hospital. They opened the wound back up. This time, they didn't sew it shut. This is gross, so get ready. They left it open, stuffed it with gauze, so my wound could heal from the inside out. Yes, it was gross. Yes, it was painful. And yes, the process took a long time. What's my point in going through all of that with you? Even though I was young, are you hearing me? I was still mortal. Even though I was frail, I can relate to these verses. I mean, even though I was young, I was still frail, and I could relate to these verses. And it was when I was at my weakest there's a Bible verse like this. God spoke to me the clearest. It was in that season of weakness that I left football and did ROTC and then the military career was after that, which was awesome. It was in the season of weakness where I met my sweet bride who would become my fiance not long after that. It was in the season of weakness when God brought the call to ministry on my life. Yes, your body may be weak. Yes, your body may be frail, but your God is strong. And in fact, many times when you realize that you are weak and you own it before him and you stop living for today, the great and mighty powerful God of the universe will speak to you in a clear way. Did I recover when I was 20 a little faster than I do now? Yeah. 
And Solomon's point is, when you're young, be thankful for it. So if you're young here today, and you can still jump without aching, I'm looking at my son right now, right? When you're young, and you can still run without hurting, when you're young, and you can still do the fun things, praise God for you, youth, but don't, this is huge, everybody look right here, this young, right here, right here. Don't use it for your own vanity. Praise God for it. Realize that he's the one that created you and leverage it even now for his glory because there'll be coming a day and it's coming sooner than you think where you'll no longer be able to leverage it because you won't have it. So there you go, young people. This applies to you as well. But if you're a little older, if you're like me, your back's starting to get a little tight, right? Everything doesn't work like it used to. Oh, you're going to relate to these next few verses and you're not going to like it. Solomon is lamenting the reality that we're all going to decay and eventually die. And then he says, poof, that's it. It's all over after that. Well, Solomon, I hate to tell you this. I know it's inspired, but God didn't say what he thought was perfect. God inspired it so we could learn from it. Solomon, oh, buddy, I'm looking at my text right now. You're wrong. There is a life after this. And that's where Jesus comes in. There's a life after this that if you allow this life to show you, it's going to be great and fantastic then. But we got to get through this stuff first. Solomon is a little disheveled. He's a little disappointed. Have you picked up on that in this series? He's a little cynical. And so not only is he wrong about there's not an afterlife, he's also wrong about how he views this life. He's been putting too much emphasis and given two things that which only God can give, right? He, he started talking about how, how it feels good, pleasure. And then he talked about work and the place it shouldn't have in your life. And then he talked about wealth. And now he moves into uh, the meaningless of putting your focus and all of your hope in your physical life. The warning is this. This life is not as good as it gets. So stop putting all of your hope in your health, and in your body today. If you put your highest value on what you look like, that's speaking to somebody today. Let that sit for a second. If you're putting your highest value on health, guess what you're going to be? Disappointed. And to express his disappointment with this life, Solomon uses the tool of metaphor and allegory to illustrate his failing body. He says, listen, the body is like a house. Now, look at all the details he goes into. In verse 2, he says, as one grows older, the lights start to go out. The sun, whether it be the moon or the stars or right, the cloudy sky. What do you think he's referring to here that happens when you get a little older? Anybody wearing glasses now when they used to not wear glasses? Right? Your vision goes out. And this cloud's coming back after the rain can illustrate how he's sad about getting older or the fact that sometimes through cataracts and sometimes through lessening vision, things just aren't as clear and crisp as they used to be, like clouds on what should be a sunny day. Now, these descriptors, they're going to get in-depth. And you may have missed it the first time that you read it, so I'll be, I pray that it becomes more clear as we go back into it. They're so in-depth, we can't say for sure what exactly he's talking about, but I can say this for sure. Every one of these descriptors, every one of these allegories and metaphors, they're trying to describe a body which is getting a little bit older. He goes on, look at verse 3. He makes some fascinating descriptors of his failing body functions here. He says, the watchmen start to tremble. I think that's a reference to his hands not working like they used to. 
Anybody a little older and you notice that sometimes your hands just hurt from the arthritis a little bit? That sometimes as you get older, especially if you've done a job like a mechanic or a blacksmith or something, you've been working with your hands your whole life, sometimes now they, they, they're a little bit more shaky and it's frustrating, right? That you don't have the precision and the strength in your hands that you used to. He's not done there. He says the one who looks through the window grows dim. I think this is a sad description of that person who's got a little older. Maybe their hands are shaking. Maybe their back's a little weak. And because they have let age define them, they've lost that twinkle in their eye. They've lost that spunk in their spirit. And at this point, when I was studying this week, I said, okay, I'm tired of you, Solomon. I'm going to take a break for a second and speak a little truth back to you. And I'm going to share it with you, what, I, what God shared with me. You can be blind as a bat. You, you can be the, the most weak and frail person on this earth. But you don't have to lose the sparkle in your eye. You don't have to lose that spunk in your spirit. If you let God guide you and you know that he's always with you, the depression, the cloudy day, the fading of the light doesn't have to come to your soul, though it may come to your eyes and your ears. I hope that's speaking to somebody today because I'm like, come on, Solomon, give me a break. But this next thing is probably going to happen to all of us. Look what he says here. He says, the grinding ones stand idle because they are few. What does that mean? Well, think about, is there a part of your body that's used for grinding? And that the older you get, the less effective they become because they decay and many times you lose them? I think he's talking about his teeth. <laughs> my, my grinding ones aren't working that good because they're gone. And think about thousands of years ago before all the, all the fantastic dental practices that we have today. Some of you right now are losing your teeth. I already have a crown myself. Thousands of years ago, before they had all these modern inventions, your teeth were falling out, and it was a pain. Let's just move on. Okay, so he says, <laughs> look at verses 4 and 5. I mean, he's not done. If you don't like it, we're almost done. He, he laments his physical frailty in this brutal verse called verse 4. He says, the doors are now shut, which make the sound of the grinding mill that used to be clearly heard a little less easy to hear. What do you think he's talking about here? His hearing's going. Right? So now I can't see. He can barely chew anything. And now I can hardly eat, hardly hear anything. He's frustrated. And then it gets even worse. Look at the paradox of what he says next. He says, one will rise at the sound of a bird, yet the daughter's song will be softly sung. Listen, getting old is not easy. I've heard that sometimes the, the older you get, you can be sound asleep, but just the, the slightest sound like a uh, a small bird singing can wake you right up, and it's frustrating. Yet, when it's important, like when your wife or your daughter or the radio's on, and you're trying to hear something, you can't hear it either. It's a, it's a terrible paradox getting older. What do they say? If it was easy, everybody would do it. Some people just quit early. Look at verse 5. The author finishes his tirade on the labor of getting older by describing a man who is afraid of going to the high places or going out onto the road. I don't think he's talking about an older man who's afraid of heights. It could be. I think more so he's talking about the man that can't go climb those high mountains now like he used to. I can relate to that. That's frustrating. 
He's talking about the man or the woman who gets older that they don't even like going out the front door because they're afraid every time they take a step on an uneven surface, they're going to fall down. This is the, the lamenting of the aging process. He goes on to say, the almond blossoms are in bloom. Can you think what that might refer to? What color do almond blossoms turn white? He's talking about your hair turning gray. He says, the grasshoppers dragging. You ever seen a grasshopper drag? No. They're usually really wet. They're, they're spry and they bounce. He's talking about that older person that used to be, you know, a little, that didn't hurt, a little more bouncy. But now that they're dragging on a little bit. He went on earlier to describe the, the mighty men of the body earlier in this passage of scripture now start to stoop. Think about the mighty men of your body, the, the mighty parts of your body, your large muscle groups like your thighs and your core and your back. These are the muscles that allow you to stand tall. Puff that chest out because you're strong. Eventually, your thighs are going to get a little weaker. Your core is going to get a little softer and you're going to start to slump over. I mean, these are brutal verses. And then he has the audacity to talk about the caperberry. You could look that up on your own. Basically, it's a reference to sexual vitality. And he says, yeah, that too goes away. Thanks a lot, life. <laughs> it's tough, right? These are what I would consider brutal, brutally honest metaphors. But now that we've trudged through them, let's reflect on them in a little bit. And let me ask you some questions. What about you? Are you like Solomon? Where you put all your value in your physical body and your looks? How much value do you put on looking good? And how your body is shaped and how you perform physically? Ask yourself, self, what all am I doing to fight the aging process? And ask yourself, is that, is that appropriate or is it a little too much for my vanity? I did some studying this week. It's staggering how much money we put into fighting age. I read an article that said, I'll just sum it like this, that said we put more money into fighting the age battle than we do in fighting actual diseases. Let that sink in. That's crazy. For what? I think Solomon would say something like, for you, for vanity. Yeah, listen, you can put all the money you want into diets and exercise programs and even surgeries to accomplish what? For how long? That's a great question. And I think sometimes we do this because we're trying to achieve the body of someone we've seen. And I think with every generation, that body might look a little different. At one time, it was like Twiggy and Marilyn Monroe, and now it's like J-Lo, right? Or some supermodel. I got some news for you. That supermodel in the front of that magazine, she's got some airbrushing going on too. And that's with her God-given genetics and probably little surgeries on the side. That's what you're chasing? That Instagram post of that perfect body, ladies, or that perfect body of the rock, guys, you think that has some assistance? Yeah, you ever heard of a filter? <laughs> they use it on Instagram and all these other social media devices all the time. And despite the fact that it's an ever-moving target from generation to generation and nation to nation, let's say you're that 
that's been gifted genetically to achieve that body, and you look in the mirror one day, and you're like, here she is. There he is. You're welcome, world. Okay, let's say that's you. Probably not. I know it's not me, but let's say it's you. How long will that last? A couple decades? And then what? Age is going to catch up with you every single time. Newsflash. And I hope it helps you. You cannot and you will not look 25 forever. You were made to decay. The hunger of not wanting to decay should drive us to appreciate the day where we will not decay. It shouldn't lead us to depression or an irrational desire to fight or delay the inevitable. Besides that, does anybody ever tell you this? There's real benefits to getting older. No, it's not the aching back. No, it's not the weak knees. Solomon rightly calls those things evil. I think he's, he's nailing it on that one. What about wisdom? Is that not the point of this whole series? What should happen as you get older and your body decays is that you grow in greater things like your love for Jesus, your appreciation for things that are eternal, and wisdom. Let's start a new trend this morning. Instead of creation over the creator, let's put creator over the creation on a daily and weekly basis. Maybe you walked in here thinking, yeah, I can agree with you on the wealth thing. I can agree with you on the work is not my value. I can, I can agree with you. And what was that first one about pleasure? But if I were to ask you before the sermon started, when you walked in those doors, what's the most important thing to you? And you may have said something to me like, well, pastor, as long as I have my health, I'm good. Is that the right mindset in itself? It sounds good, but no, because you're not guaranteed health. One phone call this week could tell you you have cancer. One car ride home and the wrong person hits you and you're paralyzed. One battle with coronavirus can leave you different the rest of your life. And if your focus and your joy and your value and your identity is in your health, what happens when it goes away? You're disappointed and broken. But if your value and your attention and your focus in Christ and the life that is to come, you will never be disappointed. Yes, fitness is important. I work out. I think you should probably work out. Trying to be healthy, you can be healthy for God's glory. But do it for his glory and to feel good. Not the modern affection for looking good. If one happens because of the other, so be it. But don't chase it. I think the question is, where is your focus? And where is your attention? If you're the person that is just obsessed with your health and working out and looking a certain way, and for you it's seven days a week, and you know in your heart of hearts that you're obsessed with your body, maybe you consider to dial it back a notch, take a day off a week, maybe take a sabbatical from it or a Sabbath from it, 
and rest for a week, or maybe it's a whole month, and put that focus back into your faith and into your family where your chief priorities should be. I'm just asking for balance. I think fitness is good and health is good. Maybe every time you look in the mirror, you're not satisfied and you're always pinching and nipping and tucking and diet pills and exercise. Maybe you just take a break from that. Maybe you take the scale out of your house. That's okay. There's no law that says you have to have a scale in your house. Maybe the next time you pass by the mirror, you don't stare at it. Maybe the next time that that cosmetic surgery comes to your mind, you say, you know what? No, I don't need that. I'm just looking for balance because I think balance is where God wants us to be, where he has our chief focus, chief focus, and everything falls underneath him. But you know you're vain, and if you don't, and you're really asking the question, is my focus on my body too much? I just don't know. Have the courage to find a friend that loves you, but that loves Jesus more than you, and ask them, do I put too much focus on my looks and on my body? And if they're honest, be ready for the truth. And if your spouse is brave enough, I'm not saying this is for every marriage. (laughs) Watch out, pastor. Okay. (laughs) If your spouse is brave enough, you can ask them. Not only is fighting against the aging process futility, but let's finish in verses 6 and 7. It's also futility to fight death because you can't cheat death yet, church. You can live forever. Some of you here today, some people that you know have an irrational fear of death and it's hindering them. And I would say, apart from God, you actually have a good reason to be afraid of death, mainly for two reasons. Number one, eternity apart from God, it's going to be terrible. And number two... Apart from God, this body, this life that you have now, is the best you got. So yeah, apart from God, you should be afraid of death. But when you're a part of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ, death should not control you. It should not have victory over you. It shouldn't fear you to the point where you change your life and everything in it just to avoid it. I think one of the things that Solomon is saying is like, listen, death's coming for us all. All of us are a part of the great statistic. Ten out of ten people die. Welcome to the party. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man to die once, and after that, the judgment. It's an appointment. God makes it for you. You're not going to be late for it. You're not going to miss that appointment. You don't know what it is. The question is not, will I have that appointment? The question is not, will I die? No, it's not even, when I die. The question is, are you ready for judgment when that day comes? That's the question that matters. I love the focus on death here. Not because I'm morbid, but because it helps you hone and focus your mind. If you're a believer here today, why is death haunting you? It's simply a transition from one life into the next. Death is simply a promotion where you get to be around and worship Jesus for all of eternity. If you're scared to death of death, it's only because as a believer, you don't know what's waiting for you on the other side. I pray that God would restore that understanding today so you can be like Paul and say, for me to live is Christ. And to die, I actually believe it's gain. See, once you see death as gain, you'll be able to live as Christ lived. I'm not saying perfect, but I'm saying with the right mindset. See, Christ lived every day, not in fear of death, though it was coming, and he knew when. He lived every day as if he was preparing for an eternity tomorrow 
Because he was. And so are you. I love how he says it. Paul does in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, this is a good news, church, our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. And that was my prayer for you in the application of this message. That you would stop looking at this body for fulfillment. And God would give you an eternal mindset. But just for a second, let me speak to the one here today that says, Pastor, I know I'm not a believer. I know that Christ is not my Savior. And if I were to die today, I, I don't know. If that's you, as kind as I can, let me say this, you should be scared to death of death. Because there's an eternity waiting for you and you're not going to like it. Jesus says it'll be full of weeping and gnashing of teeth. But Jesus is also the same one that says, that doesn't have to be your forever. Your forever can be with me. Let's not forget that Jesus is the one who lived on our behalf, that died on that Roman cross 2,000 years ago, that absorbs God's wrath that we deserve. He was the one that was buried, and he's the one that we saw illustrated today that rose in victory. And if you would just believe in Jesus and his sacrifice, the power of the resurrection, you can be forgiven. Eternal life could be yours. You can stop focusing on this flesh sack of sin to give you something it was never intended to give you and put your eyes on him. He can release you from the vain glory of this world. Oh, that you would trust him today is my prayer. Let's think about that and pray about it together. God, this morning as we come to you, we ask you for your help in applying this message. These words are pretty tough that you inspired, but help us to process them where we're at. God, for the believer, help these verses work themselves into your heart so that we, we realize that time marches on, death is coming. We cannot stop it, but we can use it as a daily reminder that it will not always be this way. And the weaker we get, the stronger I pray that you would become and the more towards eternity we look. Free us, Lord, from the vanity of this world. Free us from the fear of death. And God, for the unbeliever, oh, only you can do this. Bring them to repentance and faith. It's in Jesus' name everybody said. We hope that you have enjoyed this sermon audio from Coggin Avenue Baptist Church. If you'd like to learn more about us or know what it means to follow Jesus, visit us online at www.cogginchurch.org.